I'm Gina Pickering. One of the special residents of the wetlands is the iconic buoy or long-necked turtle. A traditional food source of the Wajak Noongar people, nesting time for this endemic species offers an exceptional glimpse into the life of this wetlands resident. New research has delivered an innovative citizen science initiative which protects the turtles during vulnerable times and allows people of all ages to get up close and personal with this local identity. She stopped her back legs digging. So we creep a bit closer. Yeah. City of Coburn, turtle tracker Frances Fazioli and her two boys, four-year-old Jack and younger brother Hugo, are part of a seasonal life-giving event that brings protection to female long-necked turtles. Look at her body twisting up. We've just come down this morning to see if we could see any. Um, and just as we got here, there was one coming out. Each year, the female long-necked turtles take a dangerous journey from their watery residence to a terrestrial location to lay their eggs. They go from the top of the food chain to the bottom of the food chain within minutes. So this is actually very early in our um, turtle trekking. And you can hear those crows in the background. So I think they're one of the main predators that we need to um, protect their eggs from. Like the crows have get a real taste for eggs. Today it's really good that um, we've had such a, a good turnout um, and that they get to see something so special. Look at her there now. can be up to an hour then walking around finding a suitable nest site digging the hole laying the eggs and so that's pretty special as well a citizen science initiative turtle trackers is the outcome of phd research by anthony santoro and the harry butler institute at murdoch university the terrestrial environment's almost more important than the aquatic environment for turtles because it's where they come out to nest and so if the females come out to nest and there's no habitat for them they're not going to be able to nest and then you're not going to get babies and that's quite a big issue in a lot of urban areas is we've just removed all that habitat that the turtles need so it's a big kind of goal for future conservation of this species to try and restore and uh, recuperate the native vegetation around wetlands. Hi, I'm Anthony Santoro. I'm a turtle ecologist at the Harry Butler Institute at Murdoch University. I've started with my honours back in 2016. Uh, and that I went around to 35 uh, lakes within about 30 kilometres of the Perth metropolitan, um, or CBD. 
and I sampled each lake for turtles two and three times if I caught a lot of turtles and that allowed me to then look at kind of a relative abundance between the lakes as well as the population demographics so like how many males and females there are, uh, the size ranges, things like that. And I also, with those same lakes, used Google Earth and categorised the land use around the lakes. And so my PhD, I focused on three wetlands, so Bibra Lake, North Lake and Caledina Wetland, which are a chain, some of the most connected wetlands pretty much left in the Perth metropolitan. And I looked at those lakes over three years and then I also tracked turtles within them to see where they moved, what habitats they used, and then also did a lot of study on the reproductive ecologies. I'd like to see the true story about this area, about the Aboriginals, you know, and listen and take note of what has really taken place at this very site. With the turtle life back in 2002, I, re I remember coming down here before the wet season and the turtle life, they were poking their heads out of the water. But this particular day, it was before the wet season had started to move in, where I'd seen all these little heads. Well, I thought they were sticks floating along. So I came further up to the waterways and I looked and it was turtles. It was like they were saying goodbye. So I started waving to these little turtles and there were hundreds of them I'm Catherine Kuma. I'm proud to be a Wajak woman and to have been born at Bribra Lake. So if you make wetlands good for turtles, you're essentially making it for everything below because turtles are the top of the food chain in the water. So if they're happy, then things are happy below. They're called opportunistic carnivores, so essentially they feed on almost anything and everything in the lake, from the, the bugs through to the fish, and then through to even kind of small birds sometimes, the bigger turtles. But importantly, they also eat carrion, which is dead stuff. So when things die, instead of them kind of rotting and then just polluting the water, the turtles will eat that, so it just maintains water quality. Being there, they kind of keep everything else in check. They can be used as a flagship for wetlands, so if you make things good for turtles, it just helps everything, and then that leads to being good for us as well. So right now we're in a Melaleuca forest and so there's probably a decent amount of turtles around us. On warmer days you might be lucky to see them kind of basking on one of the low branches to get their body temperatures up.
basically they just emerge out of the um, border of the lake down there. So you, there's like lots of long grass, um, and the, the you know they have their long necks extended, um, and you often see a bit of bird action because the birds are quite scared. They look like a snake, I guess. So um, they start swooping them. The southwestern snake-neck turtle or oblong turtle's current scientific name is uh, Caladina oblonga. Uh, so it's actually an endemic species, so it only occurs in the southwest of WA. Uh, and it occurs from about Durian Bay, south and east along the coast, and probably inland as well, to Fitzgerald River, which is about halfway between Albany and Esperance. Both lakes are quite heavily adult biased and are starting to become male biased. So that's obviously because of the threats like the urbanization and foxes and climate change. Uh, so part of the outcomes for management of the PhD was that we started a turtle tracking citizen science program. It's essentially where we get the community to help us in turtle on the ground turtle conservation. So we got given this pack at the start, so uh, it's got all like the safety brief in here, the information on uh, hazards, uh, how you know to how close to go to the turtle, all those sorts of things. Um, there's also gloves in case you need to handle the turtle. Uh, there's also a bag in case you find an injured turtle. This is the mesh uh, that you place over the top of the nest once she's finished uh, laying in there. Um, and then we also get given a set of pegs and then the pegs are used uh, to basically hold down the mesh and then you disguise the nest with mulch and protect it hopefully from it being disturbed in any way. The dream outcome of the turtle trackers would be that it's just an ongoing program and it spreads throughout the turtle's range to as many wetlands as possible. It's really special. I mean, it's amazing that we have this. We live just two streets up, so it's just awesome that we can walk down and this is in our, literally our own backyard. So, boys, come back, come back. When we see a turtle, uh, we just stay back and keep an eye on where she's going. Uh, we want to make sure that there's no interference. Uh, we also want to keep an eye out for any that might be injured um, and take them to the wildlife support centre. Um, and also protect their nest, make sure that they get back to the lake after laying, uh, all those sorts Mom, of things. a turtle hole. To be honest, I just really like nature in general. I kind of just fell into the turtle research. But yeah, I've kind of fallen in love with them since. I guess I like them because they're quite uh, chill creatures, I guess. They're pretty relaxed, they just kind of go with the flow. And I think I kind of try to do that in my life as well. <laughs>